we're live, but Jensen's watching a basketball game. And welcome back to the Irrational Fan Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, how are we doing tonight? Feeling good watching a freshly re-headbanded LeBron James. Ah, yes. To set the all-time NBA scoring record in the periphery of our uh, our podcast happenings here. It's possible we take a pause in the middle of the podcast oh, to no. recognize. Oh, no, he's been injured. He's been injured. He's down. He's down. He's been struck. Okay. So he, ac- he actually struck is across. <laughs> I think he's okay. Oh, gosh. He's getting up. Hold on. He's milking it. He's milking it. Oh, this is all storyline right here. This is Jesse, just pure Jesse, I'm gonna I'm gonna make line. a request on behalf What's of the audience request? tonight. Go for it. Not even on behalf of myself. You can include me in it if you want. But on behalf oh, of the my audience, man, my man rolled on no, the ground after taking let, a, uh, a bicep from Josh Giddy. Let hey, the Australian strong. Let tonight just be an historic night for the NBA, regardless of your bias. Just let it be. This is amazing. <sighs> it's an incredible feat. I respectfully the, decline your request. He's, <laughs> <laughs> man, you know what's crazy, guys? In in, Look, in pre, I'm gonna give the man his flowers. I'm gonna give about the this. man his flowers. Yeah, and they're what gonna be three days old, and they're gonna be they're gonna be dying off, and you're not gonna put any water. The flowers aren't gonna be fresh. I need fresh flowers for. I was about to say our okay. man, but I think okay. you would have left I'll, the podcast. I'll work on my homage, my my reverence. If you didn't know, forever is listening to this. LeBron James is 36 points going into the night from breaking uh, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar's all-time NBA scoring record. And it's very impressive. And some would say it never was going to be broken. And LeBron is superhuman and he's doing it. So that is what we are referring to. Now let's get into the pod. That is accurate. Correct. Um, By the time you listen to this, he will likely have broken that scoring record. An incredible player with one of the most insufferable sports personalities I've ever encountered in my life. But it's <laughs> proud of you, no, proud of you, Bron. Proud of you. He doesn't care. He doesn't care about you. <laughs> he doesn't care at all. <laughs> nope. Um, well, today we're going to be talking a little bit of NFL. Jesse, I don't know if you knew this, but the Super Bowl's coming up. It's a pretty big Dude, game. It's here. I wasn't even, it, it just kind of hit me when we were talking about getting the pod going because we, we did the recap pod of the conference championships last week. And then I was like, okay, so we've got a week off and then we'll do the, the preview pie for that. Which we, for the we Bowl. got it's a like, lot of rest, you know, in our week off, we really recouped. It just, it, it hit me faster. I thought, I, I, I don't feel like I even got my week off of NFL. We're, we're back. We're at it. We're here. Did you yeah. watch a single second of the pro ball festi- festivities? The pro ball, pro, pro ball, ball, pro ball. Hey, they are playing pro ball out there. They're pro throwing that ball, ball around. Pro ballers. I didn't watch a rip. Correct. That is the correct answer. Neither did I. I didn't even know. I just forgot about sports. it. I just yeah. forgot about it. I saw some clips. I saw that it was on when I was going to turn on the AT&T Pebble Beach Pro-Am, which by all, like, by all accounts is a pretty mediocre PGA Tour event. Right. Uh and I chose to watch the Pebble Beach Pro-Am over the Pro Bowl. Because I was uh, like, you know what I don't really care to watch is guys playing flag football. 
Josh Allen was selected to the Pro Bowl and he declined it from injury. <laughs> and then he played the, the he Pebble Beach. Like, <laughs> yeah. He chose the I'm not mad at you, Jess. I'm not mad at you at all. It lines up. There's players who were actually invited that chose Even to Josh play. Josh Allen's just like, you know, I think I'm going to be injured that week. I got to do some golf rehab. The man needs Tommy John, but he's out there swinging his driver and carrying it 320. Um, Update for the listeners. LeBron has decided to push through the vicious forearm shiv that he took from Josh Giddy. He's still in the game. Five, these, five minutes left in the first. I, He's hanging in strong. We're, we're, we're all proud of him. This is going to turn into a live <laughs> watch party Just a, of the Lakers oh, game. Like, oh, oh, turnover. Turnover. Just a live scoff party I, is really what it is. I can't no, tell if I, you're I'm ahead sorry. or behind. I'm not going to keep going. I think I'm behind you. <laughs> um, Anyways, so we're going to talk uh, some Super Bowl, some story. I'm, cut, I'm cutting you off. I'm cutting you <laughs> off. we we'll talk some Super Bowl. Um, we're also – so we'll talk about the biggest headlines of the Super Bowl, what we think is important to watch. Uh, we'll give some predictions as well. Uh, and then yep. speaking of NBA, we're going to talk a little bit about the NBA trade deadline, trades that we think – could happen and also some trades that have happened, i.e. Kyrie Irving to the Mavs. Um, and then we'll cut it off there. But before we Love get to that. anything, Jesse, before we get, get to, to anything, anything, no, anything, we can't talk about anything before unless, anything has transpired. What is <clears throat> our new segment brought to you by David's Babylon Brook? What is the question no, brought of the to day? you by Jasmine's desire to hear something other than sports while she supports the podcast? So my, my wife sent us a group text and she said, um, Hey, love the question of the day. And when we first rolled this out, you know, I threw a question at you that it was just like, um, non non sports related. Well, the question you threw at me was sports related and the feedback that we got from my wife, she's listening Which to a we couple. Love, we love the listener feedback, by the oh, way, please. keep it coming. Yes. It's good stuff. We're trying to get to 5,000. So the feedback she gave was if it's. Sports related, it's not very like intriguing because the rest of the podcast is sports related. So we heard you, baby girl, and we are going to do our darndest to make this question of the day non-sports related. So Jesse, throw into you, what's your non-sports question? Also, you, the listener, let us know if you decided to turn the podcast off because it's not sports related, then we're going to, we're going to weigh the feedback we get. But Jazz, you get extra waiting for being in the family, just for the yes. record. Yeah. Uh, Allie, so Jazz, Allie I got a question of the day for you. I think it's my turn uh, for question of the day. I know it's um, This is uh, it's pretty. I don't even really know where I came up with this question. It's oh. kind of tough to to think of non like sports or sports adjacent related questions and like these okay. would you rather's or. Mm-hmm. Just like opinion questions, because mm-hmm. I don't know. That's just kind of what we do. But I'm going to give it a try. Uh, Jensen, if you could change what your where you are in the birth order, where <laughs> would you put yourself? Oh, no. The, the amount of prep you put in this question is really coming through. Got to tell you. Hey, it's kind of a good question. <laughs> okay. Birth so you're order. the fourth of five. Yep. If five you brothers. Could re- do you, would you stay at four? Because you mm. have rapid in draft here. Would you stay at four, or would you would you trade up, or okay. trade down? Okay, trade up, trade down. And just to be clear, of the five of us, that person is now swapping spots with me. 
correct? Uh, sure. Yeah. For the or, or do they just move? Do they move down a spot and or up a spot? Or is so it we're a changing swap? everything? So wherever I it push, it could potentially push the whole birth order. Well, I'm saying, like, if you if you say, "Hey, I'd rather be second born," that makes me third. Jordan stays one, and then Jer- Jameson Jer, or you can say, "Hey, I just want to drop to five, which pushes Jer up a spot." I think it's just more of a, a shuffle. It's not a swap. Okay. okay. Like if you say, "I want to be," I want, I wish I was number one. Jordan doesn't go to four. Jordan just becomes number two now. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we we have five. We have four brothers, or three three other brothers. So it's Jordan. There are he's the five oldest. of us. Jesse is the second oldest, my co-host. Jameson's the middle. I'm the fourth born. And then we have a younger brother, Jeremiah. Um, I'm just going with gut here. That's it. Off the cuff. I'm going to cycle down. You're going down a spot. <laughs> yeah. Okay, give me want the, to, the, I want to go want the baby youngest. Brother. I want to go youngest. I want baby brother. It's a brother. strong play. I it's feel like play. pressure's off. Do your do your own thing. You got to watch four people make mistakes your whole life. Now, sure. granted, the downside of this is that it took you a while for the rest of us to take you seriously. Sorry, Jeremiah. Well, it also, you know, there's the element of there's there's potential for forgotten child syndrome. It's sure. like by the time the parents get to the fifth kid, they're just kind of like, but isn't anybody that, can watch this kid? Isn't that anybody Jameson? Can't, isn't the no, forgotten child Jameson? No, Jameson's. Self forgotten, he lost himself. <laughs> but Jeremiah was just like by the time you get means. to the, by the time you get to that fifth kid, it's just like mom wasn't reading any more books about parenting. Yeah, there was there was very little attention paid to what was in the lunch. It was just like, hey, buddy, you're along for the ride. So, but I, on the upside, you know, less mistakes potentially being made on you. Yeah, like you said, I'll give you my analysis. It was either first or last. I didn't okay. feel like okay. if I had gone okay. up or down one spot or if I had gone up to you or Jameson, so up two spots or up one spot, it would have made like that much of a difference. Like I'm trying to picture you as a firstborn. It's a tough sell. It is a tough sell. And to be honest, I wouldn't want that mantle. I feel like you're, you are setting the precedent for everything. Right. Mm. And then you're also like very much you're not ready like for that. criticize or celebrate. I, dear God, I'm barely ready for it now. And, uh, Actually, I'm not ready for it, and I'm the fourth born. I still can't handle it. So I don't think I. I don't actually think the weight of being first. Jordan, to your credit, has you've done it very well. Um, you get to deal with Jesse all your life, who is trying to do the opposite of everything you did. So, well, for good reason. Jordan was oftentimes just speaking himself, talking himself into a hole, but. Oh yes, Jesse's blameless in his second born. No, I was just a contrarian, and it's and it's carried on into my podcast. <laughs> apparently, uh, so actually it turned out to be a better question than I thought off the bat. Um, but awesome. I think official answer: I'm it. dropping down. You're to, going down. Yeah, and that puts Jer as the fourth. Yeah. Yeah. I think Jer could still really hold down the fourth spot pretty well. Yeah, I think um, actually it would be better like fitting for us. If I'm it does actually kind of makes more sense, like Jer. A little more accomplished, a little more driven. Like Jared's kind of an overachiever as a last born, as like mm-hmm. the as the last child. Yeah, uh, I'm just moping my I think way you along. I think you would have slotted in really nicely into that fifth spot. So great, uh, choice. Jesse. I, you feel like a you, you you feel like you you are Esau or you Jacob? Which no, I'm which Jacob. One, you're, yeah, I'm, you, I'm holding the heel. So that's the thing is I so was second born, but I took you, the blessing. You, yes, yes. You feel like a classic <laughs> Jacob. 
Um, I know. I don't think I'd move. I think if you if you gave me the reshuffle, I don't think I dude, want the firstborn. Can I just can I can I just offer you some feedback? Out of our last four questions, on two of them, you just said you stay pat. That's not fun. Make what are you change. talking about? You said you would actually do? stay in America if you and you wouldn't wake up in a different country. <clears throat> And then you said you would stay pet your second. No, I, I, but that wasn't the, but that wasn't the option. I chose Italy. That was the country I was going to move to. But you said you, but I was just, I was just reiterating that. Like, I think I, I, I'm living in the best country. You have to move move. in the birth order. I have to move. Go to Italy. No, no. In the birth order. You have to move. If I have to switch out of my spot, the last spot's tempting. I'm going to be honest. There's some, there's some kind of freedom in there in that, um, Let's I feel see. like maybe the freest spot is that third born. You just kind of can I was, do I was th- you know, I was, whatever. I was, right? I was considering the third born. But uh, if you're going to make me move, give me, God, that number one's a tough spot. It's a tough spot at number one. There's, there's a lot there. That's your franchise player right there. That's <laughs> it, it is. Um, you know, I think. Uh, yeah, I think I'll just hold on. So if I go three, does that push Jamison to two? Um, sure. Yeah, we'll just say for the purpose of the exercise, I'd uh, I go three. But really, I'm I like my I like the. So spot. interestingly enough, we're both down one spot. Down I also spot. like my fourth one. I'm not trying. I, to there's a part of me that wants one. to say going to to go to number one, but it just feels it's like strikes me as arrogant. It's right. Sorry, it strikes as like disrespectful to Jordan. Like, yeah, I take that number one spot. It's like we're just <clears> we're <throat> just playing the cards. You know what? I actually want. I actually want. You know what I want? Yeah, I want the want estranged uncle. <laughs> we could put a name to that too, but we won't. <laughs> All right. <clears throat> Um, well, let's push let's it move on. Jasmine, that was for you. You let us know if that was Enjoy. if that was worth it. <laughs> That's hilarious. Well, let's talk about Super Bowl. Super Bowl fifty seven. Is that right? That's great. Actually, I haven't even looked. Let's see. Let's see. Super, Super Bowl, Bowl fifty four fifty seven. Fifty seven. You nailed it. Well 57. done. Fifty seven. Here we go. We have the Chiefs from the AFC going up against the Eagles. From the NFC, the Eagles, we will remind you, beat the 49ers to get here. And the Chiefs in a nail-biter, one by three points against the Bengals. So there's good quarterbacks in both sides. There's good offensive lines. Um, there are relatively good defensive lines. There's real, like, I feel like, you know. And there you uh, go. That's the pod. Excellent <laughs> recap. <laughs> It Enjoy feels the even. Super Bowl. It, it feels even is is what I was trying to communicate. It feels like it's going to be a really good game. I'm very excited to watch it. Uh, Jesse, I'll throw it to you in regards to storylines. What's kind of the first storyline that you will be watching for come Sunday at 5 p.m.? So the low-hanging fruit, the easiest, the easiest thing that you've just got to cover from the top, I think, is Patrick Mahomes and his ankle. Mm. Um, it is... It's becoming look. It's it's a tough sentence to say with the recent retirement of Tom Brady, but we are potentially watching the greatest. Let's say let me let me phrase it this way: the greatest confluence of skill and talent as like in the at the quarterback position, like all of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, 
So, and like Brady, I think was the representation of, he was never the best athlete. He never had great measurables, but he took what was, what would be considered arguably like low athletic, like our average athletic talent and applied like skill and knowledge of the game and ability to read defense as a dissect and to like the absolute top degree paired with a great coach and is, it is currently the, the greatest quarterback of all time. I believe in Patrick Mahomes, we are watching what is potentially someone who is just as game smart as a Brady paired with someone who's got even more raw football talent than Brady does. Um, so that all, that all being said, we did can you go just back call and, oh. Mahomes a hybrid of Brady and Rogers? Is that what you just said? Yeah, I think that's one way you could kind of think about it. Someone who that's kind of yeah. I I was trying I was trying to think. I was like, is that an is that a knock on Mahomes like athleticism and talent? But Peak Rogers was actually a pretty mobile, pretty athletic. Definitely. Um, good moving quarterback. So yeah, I think you're kind of watching like a and look, he was no slouch as a mental like kind of a, but he just you know his record is what it is. Like he just doesn't have. He's not going to be considered a greater quarterback all time than Brady. Like Rogers isn't. Anyways, that was a little bit of a digression. It's Patrick Mahomes' health. His ankle. How hurt is it? What is he going to be able to do? He's two weeks removed from this game. Um, that's that to me is storyline one a. How healthy is Mahomes, and can he be Mahomes? What do you think? Yeah, that's definitely a major storyline. In the Bengals game, you saw him have to check down maybe more than he would because he couldn't roll out. At the end of the game, he made a play that when he needed to, so it kind of showed that, like, as painful as it might be, he can, you know, be mobile in maybe like a desperate circumstance at the end of the game, but. More often, it was a lot of check down to Jarek McKinnon, and there was a lot of check down to um, Pacheco, and and you know short short slants and and ends um, across the field. So it's for sure a storyline. Um, if he gets rolled up on, it's I I wonder like how quickly or if he could come back. Like that's the worry is that it's not just like you know a healthy angle he can come back from. He did that with the Bengals. So now what is it? It's a already injured yeah. ankle that potentially if it gets hurt again, that might be game over. And that point is Chad Henney, which if you're a Chiefs fan, you're like, oh, well, look what he did against the Bengals. He drove down the field. But like if Pat's out, it completely swings the game in a matchup of which the Eagles already favored. So I definitely think the Mahomes health is like a, a, a huge part of this in regards to how good he is right now. And then also, like, if anything tweaks, what could that, you know, be the consequences of? And could he even, you know, stay in the game at that point? Totally. It's it's pretty remarkable that he, A, I mean, when it first got injured against Jacksonville, he tried to come back in that game. And then, you know, and then he was able to even be as effective as he was last last week. But it seems like it's going to take a it, him playing is not in question at all. It's just a matter of, like you said, can he can he stay clean? Like if he takes right. a big hit on that ankle, because I bet you, I think he'll probably start the game feeling okay. He's going to be a little bit limited, but I think he'll start the game feeling okay. 
but it's how long can he go before he gets that first wrong step or that hit um, on on that ankle that that drops him down another ten percent of his effectiveness. And right. how far can you? How far can his effectiveness keep? knocking down from 90%, 80%, 80 Because there were throws that he couldn't plant off that off that foot. And yeah, you low. saw some uncharacteristic misses. He was missing guys high. He missed some guys low. It's just yep. that is that's that. It is his so it's his right ankle. And as a right-handed quarterback, that's what they would we consider the plant foot. So you are dropping back. And that is the that is the beginning of your kinetic chain of a right-handed thrower is you plant that back right foot and, and then you everything that moves yep. up from there, the weight shifts, the hips turn. And the very last thing is the ball leaving the hand, but it all starts on his back, like on that right foot for a right-hand quarterback. So it's, it's no small thing. It's just a matter of how, how far, how injured does he have to be before he stops being still a lot better than your, your next option. For sure. For sure. Um, I also think another major concern on the other side is Jalen Hurts and his like injury and he landed on that shoulder and he was out for a couple weeks leading into the bye week and then he played against the Giants and he played against the 49ers but in both of those games the throwing stats like like we have we have injuries on different parts of the body it's the lower half from a home so he can't run and for Hurts it's the upper half so he can run and he's runner he's mobile <laughs> But can he make the passes? We talked about this last week at 121 around their yards passing, no touchdowns. And the Eagles had five rushing touchdowns. So we know they can run the ball. That's awesome. But the Chiefs also know that. So how much is this going to play into their game plan? And if they do overstack the the box and force Jalen to throw, I will be very interested to see early on in this game is the Chiefs, as I would predict, to say, hey, Try to run it down our throats. We have, um, well, I'm blank his name. Chris, what's his last name? I'm blanking. Chris on Jones. It. We have Chris Jones, defensive tackle, right up your throat. Try to punch it down the gut and see what happens. And if Jalen, you know, he can throw the ball, but can he do it effectively? And I'm going to be because yeah, the Eagles. This isn't. I mean, it's anything we we're going to say is an oversimplification of what's true. Because I mean. There's a lot more going on in a football game than meets the eye, but the Eagles effectiveness has tended to come from their ability to run the ball with Hertz, with Gainwell, with Sanders, and get you to start creeping in a little bit more, get your linebackers a half step closer to that line of scrimmage, get you to pull a safety a little bit over the middle, and then that's where A.J. Brown... Um, Devontae Smith, Smith and those guys, they wait for you to go to that man look so that then they can take that big shot over the top. And they were doing that against the Giants and against the Niners. They were taking those shots, but Hertz was just not accurate. Like you're saying, his there was there was that connection, that timing, whatever that is between him and his receivers was not there in those last couple games. And so against the Giants or the Niners, it ultimately didn't matter because of how just depleted the Niners became and they could just run to a win. Right. But a game a game like or against a team like the Chiefs, it's it's gonna be interesting to see if those big shots aren't connecting, is that run game gonna be enough? Right. Or are they going to be able to get enough momentum in that passing game going? Because the offense other than the quarterback and the tight end and the Chiefs, the Eagles have a more skilled and overall rounded offense on 
every side of it. Offensive line, <laughs> wide receivers, and running back. They have they have the better options there. When it comes to receiver, like you said, AJ Brown, Devonta Smith on Chiefs side, they have Juju Smith Schuster and Valdez Scantling. And then when it comes to the running back, they have Ronald Jones, which like isn't real factor, but they have Jarek McKinnon, who's just a passing down back. And then Pacheco. Is Ronald Jones still on their team? I mean, has he even gotten snaps in the playoffs? <laughs> yeah, he I really feel like I've only seen McKinnon and um, Pacheco. He, he had like a couple snaps against the Bengals. It was really confusing. Uh, but you know he's a Super Bowl winner, Jess. He really brings that experience to the team. You know, uh, it's hard to quantify what he brings to the locker room. It's just a good. He's just a good guy to have around the guys, so we understand how to win. Winner. He's, winner. He he is a winner. So the the Eagles have a more skilled offense, in my opinion, other than the quarterback. And Dallas Goddard's no slouch either, right? Like Kelsey's better for sure, but he's you know he's when it comes to fantasy football, it's, he was the top four and. Which is where he's a he's a receiving tight end is what I'm. See, gosh, all tight ends are receiving. Let me figure out how to say this. He's, yeah, he's not a, he's a, a blocking pass tight cut. end. Yeah, well, yes, there's, there's but he also two blocks. different kind of prototypes of tight ends. You have your pass catching tight ends and your blocking tight ends. Technically, break, they both do both. Break down tight ends for me. Let's go. Let's go into a deep dive. So what you're gonna want to do is we're really gonna bring it back to the the ju- Dick oh, shoot oh, <laughs> to Dick exactly. Um, never mind. We're done with this segment. Uh. It, that was like you were saying, that it's window. kind of an interesting uh, like comparison between position by position or even group by group and then outcome. So when you when you actually just go player per player for player, like you said, wide receiver core, you're gonna take the Eagles wide receivers. Offensive line, you're going to take the the Eagles' offensive line. I think did we did we say the Eagles' offensive line had that was the highest ranked offensive line yep. on the season? Correct. By uh, Pro Football Focus, they were the considered the best offensive line. So you're going to take that line. Chiefs were solid as well. I think there were four, but you're going to take that line. Really, in terms of like position players, you're going to like as far as Chiefs over Eagles, you're going to take Kelsey and you're going to take Mahomes. That's really the only like groups like you're going to take the Eagles running backs I think over the Kansas City running backs you're going to but take all that. all that being said by DVOA which is just a you know an acronym by the football outsiders measures effectiveness Kansas City Chiefs had the best offense in the league now Philly not far behind was in third but they were the gap between like Kansas City and Philly is about as big as like Philly and like the like the twentieth team. Like the Chiefs had the best offense in the league by a pretty strong margin, despite the fact that if you go position by position, you probably take that Eagles team. And I think again, that's that's Mahomes. And then just exactly just to wrap this up, like all of that is made by one man who, to the very first point we made, is injured, and that's just going to be the whole thing. Can we? Can I just? Can I? Can I do a run through? I I was reading a couple articles. We were prepping for the pod, and it came across just some pretty crazy Mahomes stats that I think we just need to yeah, maybe put please. into context. Please, of these are like this isn't all encompassing. He's done way more. These are kind of like more your fringe ones that are still just a little bit mind blowing. Uh so this you know, for for Patrick Mahomes' career. He has started 93 games, right? In those games, the Chiefs have either had the lead 
or been within one score of the lead in the fourth quarter 90 of those 93 times. So they've basically never been out of a game with Patrick Mahomes as quarterback, except for three times. That's crazy. Uh, His EPA, which is expected points added per play, which is just kind of like general effectiveness in a given play. He is this season. He was first in the NFL against uh, man coverage against zone coverage. He was first against the blitz. He was first. He was first against no blitz. Oh, can I guess uh, this last one? Split savory coverage. Can I guess split safety coverage? Yeah. What, what, what do you think he was against split safety coverage this season? Was he third? <laughs> he was not. He was first. Oh, uh, and then against single high safety coverage. Uh, what do you think Patrick Holmes was this season? See, now I think you're tripping. Actually, I'm going to go with he was number one. Ah, uh, sorry. And this one, he was actually second. No, but, <laughs> but I I say all that to say, I mean, no, those those were really random stats. I guess also just a fun thing that I stat that I came across. Kelsey and Mahomes. If you had to just guess, how many routes has Kelsey run with Mahomes as his quarterback over the course of his career? Just routes run. Routes run. So, like, if he stays in and blocks on a play, that's not considered a route run. So, routes run in games with Mahomes as his quarterback. And Mahomes has started 93 games. He's probably played a couple other extra. But you could say you have about a 90 to 100 game sample size. I'm 90 to 100 games. I think Kelsey's been with Mahomes the whole time. I'm pretty sure. Trying to, I'm, I have a number, but I, I think my math is wrong. So I'm just giving you a second here. So, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to go 3,600 routes. That's pretty good. That's actually 3,355 routes okay. with Mahomes in this quarter. Wow, that was pretty good. I'm not, I didn't look good. anything up. That was, that's a lot of, that's a lot of routes. That was just a fun stat to go. That was just, I mean, you're, that was somebody talking about the connection that those two guys have. Yep. And it's just like that stat. That's just crazy. There's not very many things that you do 3,355 times with somebody. 100%. Um, but, and then, just bouncing back to that coverage, the point being Patrick Mahomes is so hard to scheme for. Usually when you look at a quarterback, you can say like really good facing zone coverage, or you can say, Hey, when he's not blitzed his completion percentage, 70% or whatever. But if you blitz him, it drops, whatever. It's just like, it doesn't really actually matter what look you give Mahomes. He knows how to beat your defense, right? No matter what, right? So this whole this whole thing comes down to how how healthy is Patrick? Well, and he's partnered with an incredible offensive mind who is also like you talked about routes run. Like Andy Reid and Mahomes have been together as long as, if not longer, Kelsey and and Mahomes. So he knows how to play to his strengths. He knows how to play his limitations as well, and he's very limited. So this comes down to not necessarily the Chiefs being able to do things, but what can the Eagles do to stop it? And they have Darius Slayton. I'm not sure who else is in their secondary, to be honest. I know that their defense has been really solid, but they have a crazy good pass rush with Redick, who had 18 regular season sacks. Cumulative, it's 22 at this point, including playoffs. And they just have – it's really deep. 
They can cycle guys. That's why they're so good. Is they cycle guys through and through. They don't get tired. Namakin Sue, I think, signed with the Eagles as well. He's yeah, down I, there they, in, they are, in the trenches. Their depth is pretty, pretty so incredible. I I think with the Eagles versus the Chiefs, just Eagles offense versus Chiefs defense, I think that is a, a pretty even matchup. Even with the Chiefs having three rookies in the secondary, I, I still – because I don't believe that Jalen Hurts' uh, shoulder is healthy at 100%. Say maybe it's at 80%. Maybe it is. He got two weeks off, and so he's chilling. But I, I don't know that it is. And so him being able to then running the ball, like I think that's going to be a pretty even matchup. It's going to come down to the offensive line for the Chiefs being able to hold up and Mahomes doing magic. Even and it's a really important it's a really important factor because let what was the when the last time we saw the Chiefs in the Super Bowl, what was it? It was against Tampa Bay, mm-hmm. and the strength of Tampa Bay, aside from Brady and a solid you know receiving core, was that defense and that defensive line. Correct. And they were able to completely disrupt that offensive line. They had no flow. Mahomes had no time to pass. And dude, like you're almost underselling this Eagles defensive line. It's so Robert Quinn, who was the Bears pass rusher that set the Bears single season sack record, I think. He um with what twenty and a half sacks, something crazy. Last year. He's their second string right defensive end, like defensive end. He doesn't even he's not even their starting defensive end. So you've got Robert Quinn fresh all the time to just come in and wreak havoc. And Dominican Sue, like you mentioned, third string defensive tackle. So their front line, Javon Hargrave is a really, I think, underrated defensive tackle. Fletcher Cox is he's been elite for a long time. You've got, you know, Christian Ellison. Like Hassan it's Hassan, I say that jo- Josh Sweat. I'm gonna be honest, I don't know a lot about Josh Sweat. It's just it's a really strong unit. And I mean, the first thing that they're doing, if they haven't been doing it already, is they're going back and watching that tape against against the Bucks in the Super Bowl, what it would have been fifty five or something, and figuring out how did they hold the Eagles to nine points and just absolutely wipe the floor with them. Well, part of it was Todd Bowles loves to blitz, and he was a DC at that time. And also, the Chiefs' offensive but line do you, was. Do you know what Mahomes ranked against the blitz this year? Well, I think I think yeah. you said he was first, <laughs> but was, you know he why he was first. Because their offensive line is stronger too, right? They went True. out and got Joe Tooney and Orlando Brown because two years ago they got wrecked. And so there's some cohesion. I don't know if they looked actually that good against the Bengals, the Chiefs' offensive line. I think they were giving up a lot of pressure. Joe was sacked. Uh, my number is going to be you too high. Patrick? I Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah. Patrick was under pressure. A lot of the time, I don't know those pressure numbers, but I don't think they look really strong. <laughs> when, I, when I just called him Patrick, it just sounded like way too like normal of a name for him because I think you always call him Mahomes. I'm like, Patrick, is that his name? And then all of a sudden, I'm just thinking of Patrick from SpongeBob. I was like, it can't be Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't sound <laughs> Where are we? <laughs> Where, what just what happened? What world Patrick, are we it's fine. But never, you don't really hear him called just Patrick very often. Patrick. So it's gonna it's it's gonna be um, very competitive. I think it's very well balanced. Um, the other thing that you had brought up earlier when we were talking about this was the Eagles' kind of soft schedule. 
this whole season and also in the playoffs. Um, I know we talked about that last pod, but I think it's definitely a factor of us assuming a lot of the strength on the Eagles team as a whole and how we haven't seen them play a lot of strong opponents. And the Chiefs is probably going to be their strongest opponent, which, of course, it makes sense. They were both the one seeds. Obviously, they're in the Super Bowl. They're good enough to get there, so it makes sense to their strongest opponent. But the Eagles have had a soft schedule, so I don't know that the Chiefs are going to do anything that's super surprising, but it may just be a level of competition that they are going to like be a little shocked by in the beginning and then have to catch up. But also, it's two weeks. They prep for these guys. And they're going to show up in the Super Bowl. Like you, you would think, like, how could they be surprised? But this happens a lot in sports, actually. Of like, how could you be surprised by that? How could you not think that was going to happen? It also seems to happen a lot, like in Super Bowls, weirdly. Mm-hmm. I, I think you just can get some weird outcomes in Super Bowls. I mean, you can even look at the two Giants wins over the Patriots when the Patriots were coming off just kind of juggernaut seasons. You can look at when you had, uh, I mean, even even saying the Tampa Bay, just how decisive it was over Kansas City. Like sometimes you just get weird out, or you get you know the, the Patriots against the Falcons, where all of a sudden they're up, and then it's just like <clears throat> not going. Hashtag sports are rigged. Uh, I promise. But it's just it is. It does seem like you can kind of get some weird outcomes in Super Bowls. But to the to what you're talking about with this Eagle teams, I keep coming back to. I just don't know. I know the Eagles are good. I think they're very good. I don't know how great I just don't know how great they are. They had the easiest schedule in in the NFL this season. Now, everybody in the NFC East did just by merit of who they played against, but even just in terms of actual real data after you went through the season, how teams actually performed and who played the easiest schedule. The Eagles played the easiest schedule. The best offense that they played all year by you know, kind of overall offensive effectiveness. You can probably find different numbers, but I'll just, I'm going to use offensive DVOA from football outsiders. The best offense that the Eagles faced all year was Detroit in week one when Detroit was probably not considered one of the top defense. We didn't really know exactly what they were. Um, And, but I mean, Detroit was good in that game. They lost ultimately to the Eagles. The Eagles won 38 to 35 though. Like that Detroit offense was able to put up points on that Eagles team. And that was the best they faced. The, the Chiefs have had to beat two of the other... T- or, or The Chiefs are the number one offense, and they had to beat the second best offense in Buffalo and the fourth best offense in Cincinnati just to get to this game. So they're not and, going to And be, just to clarify, we they played better teams, right? Like they played against the Packers. They played against the Jaguars. They played against, you know, the Vikings. They played better teams, but in they had to the- well. They had games against teams that you probably would think of as better teams. Like in your mind, the Packers are probably still a very good team, and you're like on reputation. The Cardinals are are a good team, but those teams were not ultimately effective this year or good. And so the Eagles look. They had a fifteen and what was their what was their final regular season record? Uh, Sixteen and two. 15, uh, Hold on, I had it right here. They were fourteen and three. Fourteen and three. They went up one to three. But they were at some at one point. I think they were thirteen and one or something like that. Um, yeah, yeah. When Hertz yeah. got Hertz got injured and they lost, um, they may have lost three straight. 
They lost, no, they lost two of their last three. Okay. So all that to say about the analysis between the two, I think we're, we're both really excited about this game. What do you predict is going to happen? Who do you have as a winner? And maybe even put a score out there. Well, hold on. Let me give you, before we move to predictions, this is what I'll say to the credit of the Eagles. They, when playing playoff teams, the Eagles were seven and one against playoff teams that they play the season. So teams that made the playoffs, they were still like, I, I'm not trying to say like they're this fraud, like they're not the Vikings. Like the Vikings were this team with a great record that nobody believed in. Like the Eagles are a very good team by many, like almost any metric you can use, but they just haven't, I don't think they've faced another team that's been as good as the, that's been on their level all season. And the Chiefs have had to play a lot more teams that would be considered on their level, like on a regular basis and through the postseason. So they just, it's almost like they've just kind of, they've got a few more reps at this level of football that's going to be required than the Eagles do. You that's have one team that has proved themselves based on the competition that they beat, and you have another team that has proved themselves based on them beating the teams that they should have. That's who's at the Super Bowl. Yeah, that's the way you could look at it. <clears throat> So who do you got winning? <laughs> the Eagles. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're favored. No, it's the uh, the Eagles are favored, dude. It's so tough. It's such a lame. I. I guess let me ask you this question first. If Mahomes is a hundred percent, is it a no brainer Chiefs pick for you? Um, if Mahomes is a hundred percent, I think the 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 teams are close enough. Where regardless if Mahomes is healthy, I don't think it's a no-brainer. But I I I do think that the injury is factoring into a lot of things when it comes to Vegas and also people's perception. And I was so impressed by what I saw against the Bengals. Now he has two weeks. So I think he's actually maybe even more healthy than we think. So to answer your question, yes. But I'm getting ahead of myself. I still think they're going to win, though. Uh, so you're okay. So you're picking Chiefs. I there's a part of me that does really want like I have this this weird thing where I feel like the Eagles could could come up and surprise. I think they're. I think they just kind of have, they just have like a bunch of those dudes on yeah. the team. Like they, I don't think they're coming in feeling high and mighty or feeling like they're, they're going to be surprised by anything or they're going to get like punched in the mouth first. Like, I think that's a really tough football team over there. I think we've spent a lot of time or I've definitely spent a lot of time praising the chiefs. And now I'm like kind of hemming and hawing, uh, picking them. But again, it's just, I had, I had, I just, I wanted to make sure we like, I like how, like how clearly Mahomes is the key to this team. And that's what makes this so hard is the fact that we just don't really know if we're getting top Mahomes. Um, I've been riding the chiefs though. This whole, like the whole season, they were my pick for a long time. I'm going to pick the chiefs, but I don't think this is going to be an easy game by any stretch. No. I don't think so. We've also have seen a lot of like really close Super Bowls recently. 
other than the uh, Chiefs and and or other than the Bucks and and the Chiefs three years ago. Um, I just unless there's an injury happening, and I know he's been beat before, but I am maybe putting too much weight into the Jalen Hurts. See, I guess people are more certain on that, and I guess I'm just not. I guess I just don't on how believe. healthy he is. Yeah, and how and and it's not just like him as a whole. Like he can run the ball, and he's a very effective runner. But him throwing the ball when he needs to, I just don't believe that he's able to do that at a high. Like if it comes down to it, I'm not going to believe in Jalen Hurts to make the 80 yard drive with three minutes left. I just don't think okay. he's actually going to be able to do that. And I think do it's going to come down to it. Do you think there's much in the coaching matchup with you – know, so Sir, is it Sirianni? Yep. Is that how you say his name? Nicholas Sirianni. Second year, Nick Sirianni, second-year coach. And Andy Reid, he has been to the playoffs 18 times over the course of his career. Do you think that factors in? And also, storyline here is Andy Reid being former coach of the Eagles too, which – you know, it was so it's long ago. It's been a ago. decade, but yeah. sure, yeah, he had a long run with them. Yeah, so there's like a, maybe an emotional aspect that not very. It's not a strategic aspect of it. Um, I think Sirianni get, it makes me cringe as a as a personality. Oh really? Oh yeah. He he like I haven't watched. I haven't really watched much of like he's just really corny locker room stuff. He's okay. like on the sideline. He's like super animated. <laughs> and he's like um that he feels like if Kirk Cousin was a coach. Like that's kind of the vibe he gives to me. Like you like that. He's got you like that energy. Okay, who would you rather coach your football team, Russell, um, Ru- Russell Wilson, or Nick Sirianni? Coach my football team. Well, yeah, Nick Sirianni is in the Super Bowl. Nick Sirianni is in the Super Bowl. Russell Wilson is in Cabo. So I'm just, I know, but I'm just saying personality. I'm not. I don't. I didn't ask no, you who would you Russ, rather be your quarterback. Russ is like so corny. I'll, okay, let me flip it. Who would you rather coach your football team, LeBron James or Russell Wilson? Oh, give me the Russell Wilson. Oh. <laughs> They're both bad. I want LeBron playing for my team, but I don't want him touching my uh, coaching staff or my. I think a lot of people would have wanted Russ to play for his team too last year. As true, all that to say, I don't. I, Sirianni, he's very clearly a good coach. Um, he hasn't been there before, and we've seen a lot of first-time coaches over the years not be. He able seems to. to be considered a good game manager though like strat like he doesn't seem to get caught out with like timeout stuff or like time management i haven't seen any criticism of that over the season no i haven't heard any next siriani buzz of like what were you doing and he's also not necessarily been like super talked about in the national media like people will talk about mike mcdaniels or like an andy reed or a um a bill belichick like those kind of guys and as their teams go through ups and downs they're really good like i don't feel like i saw a lot of nick sirianni on sports center you know like he hasn't he's not sure. really talked about a lot uh the coaching matchup for me isn't something that i'm paying too much attention to if i were to put faith in one of the coaches it would be andy reed over nick yeah he's got the track record it's funny you're i don't know if you remember mid-career andy reed actually got was like pretty widely criticized for oh yeah like sh- like game management stuff and like mm-hmm. not being at like clock management and just overall like being able to adjust to a game as it was going it's weird it's kind of funny to me he had this he was kind of clowned there for a few years in the mm-hmm. middle of his career and now i i think over the last 
five years, you just really don't hear that much anymore. Yeah. Which I don't know if that's just Mahomes effect where when you have the best quarterback in the game, it's kind of <laughs> covers up a lot of potential mistakes you've been making, or maybe he's just developed as a coach, but uh, it'll be it's interesting to watch. Probably a little bit of both. And it's probably the majority of it being Mahomes covering up things. All right. So who scores the first touchdown? Prop bet or team? Yeah. Um, let's say let's say team. What team? Who's who scores first and who's got the lead at the half? What's the just, game going to look like? Just scores first. Field goal, touchdown. I'm, I will go uh, Eagles score first because I think Chiefs win the coin toss and defer, and I think they score on their first drive. I, I'm almost thinking Eagles at the. I'll be up at the half, and then I think Eagle and then Chiefs come back and win it. Score? Let's. What's your score prediction? Uh, I'm going 28-24 Chiefs. 28-24 Chiefs. I will go 27-21 Chiefs. Okay. Lock it in. Hit FanDuel. I'll text you. I actually, do, I actually, I actually do need to, to text you about some player prop bets. We'll take that offline. <laughs> we'll Fantastic. So, Jesse, we wanted to quickly touch the <laughs> NBA trade deadline, but we are 50 minutes into the pod. That's okay. Let's talk about it a little Let's bit. Let's do it. Um, Let's do it. Uh, it's, been, it's been a pretty strange weekend leading up to the trade deadline. Um, you have the ever-tumultuous uh, Kyrie Irving putting his stamp on, the, on this week. Um, yep. Getting traded from the Brooklyn Nets uh, to the Dallas Mavericks. For so, quick reaction there. What side do you like more? And uh, give give go ahead and tell the people what Dallas gave up. <clears throat> so Dallas gives up Spencer Dinwiddie, Dorian Finney-Smith, and then a 2029 first rounder and second rounder. I don't like this trade for Dallas. Really? I. I just, it, it just, it, it reminds me of early career LeBron trades that the Cavs would make to just try and get him some like higher end talent, but at bad costs and with a bad long-term vision, like Luca is still under contract for a few more years. It's such a hard thing. Like, you don't know what the internal pressure is. You don't know what Luca's saying, all that kind of stuff. I I was not actually like I'm not in any way against like the Mavericks sacrificing like some future draft capital and some current players to get somebody better. But dude, Kyrie as the solution. And it's not even like to say anything about Kyrie the play or like Kyrie on the basketball court playing is incredible. I think it's a little bit of a tough fit. Um, for a couple reasons, just as like, let's just, if we're just going to say on the court basketball stuff, I think it's a funny fit for the two because you have Kyrie being one of the best ball handlers in the history of the league, just in terms of sheer dribbling ability, handle with the ball. He's a good distributor, but his elite skills really shine when he's got the ball in his hands. Yep. And when Luca doesn't have the ball in the hands, he does pretty much nothing. 
Mm. Like he goes full James Harden out of the play. So I, I don't think, so that means like, and, and at the end of the day, Luca's going to have the ball in his hand. So that means Kyrie's playing off the ball, which he can do. And he's proved he can do. He did it with LeBron for the first, however many years of his career. Yep. And he was great at it. But it was part of the reason that he didn't want to keep playing with LeBron. Is that he's he also done with KD as of like more recently too. Like he's played off ball. But KD's KD. not a KD is a is not a ball dominant player the way LeBron and Luca is, and particularly Luca. Luca's got one of the highest usage rates in the league, and you would say that's just because he has nobody else on this team. And there's some validity to that, but Luca excels by controlling the game with him moving around the court, drawing people, then dishing and moving around. Like Durant excels by like Durant is not a point guard. He's not even like a point forward. He can handle the ball a little bit for, and especially for his size, he's very good, but he is just one of the most incredible, like forward shooters of all time and finishes around the basket really great. But those like him and Kyrie do not overlap on what they need to do on the court nearly as much as Luca and Kyrie do. So the so, basketball fit in that regard concerns me. And then it's Kyrie Irving. <laughs> yeah. The Kyrie part, part of it being unstable is really tough. <clears throat> Granted, he's an all-star this year. So he's obviously been playing one and then played well enough to be one of the 10 best players, five best players in the East, um, which is, you know, we're saying something and it's crazy that trading for a current all-star, you got a 2029 first Dimwitty and Dorian Finney-Smith, which shows the value has decreased on Kyrie so much, but you're still getting an all-star caliber player, right? Cause that's the crazy part. And his last year with caveat, Dallas though, <clears throat> an last- important caveat to this is the fact that this like Kyrie is not under contract past this season. And that has to get factored in, especially if you're going to think about like, if you're trying to compare it to like recent, like higher ends trades, like Donovan Mitchell's, your DeJounte Murray's, your like, your Gobert's, like those trades, like those players were all under contract for at least two seasons of those teams they got traded to. So you're going to pay more. And so you have now traded for Kyrie, who's not under contract with your team, is an exceptionally erratic person. And so, how long of a contract do you even want to sign him for? And if you don't offer him the contract that he thinks he deserves, is he just going to walk in the summer? So you could almost argue that they gave up too much for him. You could definitely argue gave up too much. Place. But to your point of the, you have to put something around Luca. He has some years left in his contract. You have to keep him happy. Now, granted, if he does get unhappy, you're trading for a, bazillion picks and you're getting anything for you want for Luca, right? If he wants out, dear God, like the, the, the truck is rolling up and and people are dumping everything they can at you to get this guy. But last year we saw them make the West finals with a Jalen Brunson who is Kyrie's a better version of a Jalen Brunson. And I would say there's similar players in regards to scoring and playmaking, but Kyrie's just better. Right. So for this season, if you're Dallas, you're going, Hey, look what we did. The West is wide open. Kyrie wants out. He comes to us. He's going to be happy, hopefully, for the rest of the season. Again, the erratic behavior, you can't count on it. You can't, you know, hope that he's going to stay the same. Mark Cuban's probably going to say something that's going to piss him off, which I think is a hilarious combo to put Kyrie and Mark Cuban in the same room. But you've seen a version of this work with Luca, 
And so I think that's an important aspect of it is while they are both ball dominant players, if they're not like moving around, Luca's definitely not doing anything off ball. When you put their ball in the hands, they're going to try to score. Luca tries to pass, but he's like very high usage. But I think that there is a, a recipe in this that isn't unproven. It, it has been proven. And they also were in that series last year. I'm not saying Dallas is going to make the West finals, but I can completely understand Kyrie being available or just player a being available made the all-star team is not someone they potentially have to sign long-term. They gave up Dimwitty and Dorian Finney Smith, which granted they were starters. They were good players. They were playing minutes, but you can give those up a 29 first, which is far enough away where it has value but like in your mind, you have Luca. That pick's going to be in the late twenties, anyways. So it's not something that's going to be an early. I, pick. I would be curious to know if Brooklyn or if Dallas wanted that late push because Brooklyn's argument would be, "Hey, we know for sure Luca's there for the next two years or three years. I think he's signed through twenty seven, maybe. So he's going to be there for the next three or four years. So those picks aren't going to be good. It's probably likely that he stays with Dallas, but there's a chance." He's not on Dallas in 29. So I, totally. It's one of those things that you, you'll never know, but it'd be funny. It'd be fun to know who wanted to push it out. Like, did Dallas want to kick the can down the road because they just want to be able to have some draft picks in the upcoming years? And they just say, hey, we we just want our draft assets. We can draft some players. Or were they? was it Brooklyn going, now we think if that's going to be worth anything, it's going to be worth something it, in 29. It had to be Brooklyn betting on Dallas going down because if Dallas was like, our team's good now, we have Kyrie, like trade this year's pick, right? Like if you have your 24 pick, then just like get sure. rid of it now because it's going to be in the late 20s. Like their team's definitely going to be good enough. Or Dallas is going like, no, we know Luca's going to be happy. You kind of have to bet on your guy being there. Like you can't, scared money don't make money. You have to be able to put it out there and try to risk. Look how, something look how well that work. worked out for. Uh, look how well that worked out for Cleveland. Well, yeah, but we can talk about any other trades where you maybe thought it was an overpay and then it ended up working out. Like there's there's examples on on both sides of this. So I probably like it more than most people. I would be excited if I was a Dallas fan. I don't know if I would want to resign Kyrie. Dude, there's just, but just for this season over the last I'm really okay four years of Kyrie Irving that says you can count on him to be there for your team when you need it. But that's the, that's the biggest I understand, problem. But Dallas isn't going back four years. Dallas is going right now. Look what he's doing. Yes, he's been right now. Look what he's doing. He's been consistent like, the whole season. That's the argument. Brooklyn has, and is, they don't have to I, resign him. Dude, Brooklyn is playing well. He is on the team that is, put up with all of his nonsense for the last four years because his supposed best friend, Kevin Durant is there. And then while KD is injured, he goes, nah, I'm out. Like look what he's doing right now. Literally right now, this season, he's proven to be erratic and unreliable. I just, it's just not, I wish, I wish Dallas had gone for like, had this trade not happened, like I would have, like, I wish they would have gone for a Bradley Beal. Now he's been a little bit injured this season. But I want that type of player to go next but, Luke. But or based even off like on a the Jeremy court, Grant, on the a court, Kyle who's Kuzma. a better player? On the court, who's a better player? Bradley Beal, Beal or Kyle or Kyrie? Come on, dude. Look who's the All Star star. Like well, this isn't well. I, I, again, though, it's you're, there's mitigating factors. I'm not factors just saying the All Star, but like he's obviously played well enough. I just think that 
But it's not just it, in it a vacuum. Like, we're just saying who's going to win a one on one against Beal and Kyrie. I'm no. saying, yeah, Kyrie's probably a, no, no. I'm like, I'm telling you, Kyrie's going to beat Beal one on one. But if you're talking about, it's not just. This I know is it's actually team so. Fit. This is kind I know, of. I know it's team fit. I get it's not this. even just team fit. It's like it's it's player like mesh fit. I actually had this thought that it would be a fun exercise for us to draft a starting five that could actually legally happen kind of a thing mm-hmm. like salaries fit on like build like what build your ideal starting five and not like an all-star team but build like just give me mm-hmm. a starting five that could fit in the luxury cap like under the luxury or in like the salary cap of the t- like what do you think is the best basketball team you could build like you're like top five like you can only get you can only get two guys making the max, and then it's got to be role players. Who uh, could you uh, build? My team, like, my team is heavily in the luxury tax. Heavily. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. No, the extra you can't build the Warriors that are paying four hundred million dollars for the roster right now. But I think that would be a fun exercise because to me, you're right. Kyrie is a better player, but I actually think Beal might potentially give them a higher ceiling as a team. A healthy Beal, like I think. I think Bill Beal's making more money. I know he might. That's that's fine. I don't know how that. Well, you were saying as you were building a team, I would, I would. You're only trading for the season with him. That's my whole thing. And he's worth yes, something. But- he's worth something as a player. His skill on the court, like he's not. You can't get him for free. They weren't giving him Dude, away. The problem is he could literally go into the Mavs front office and say, "Hey, this is the extension I want," and they say, "No, we're not going to do that." And he could just then sit out for the rest of the season. Like, yeah, he could literally I hear that. do that. I hear that. It's it's a risk. A hundred percent a risk. It's in play. I just think it's a risk that's going to work out. I like the risk. <clears throat> All right. I think because we'll you can't waste these Luca years. You can't. And you have to show him you're willing to make risky moves, which I know you're saying in the past has burned teams because then they don't have assets to actually help them out in the future. And they make short-term plays that actually screw them long-term and the player leaves. I get that. But I think for Luca right now, there's probably more behind the story in regards to him feeling something or his camp communicating, which I know we haven't heard. I'm just making this up. I haven't heard anything. Hey, I'm not reporting this. My sources haven't told aggregators. Me calm yeah, down. Calm down. But I just think you have to you have to show he's he's young and they what they were able to get to last year. That's why I like it. And maybe Bradley Beal wasn't like we have to talk about price as well. Like Kyrie was cheap. Kyrie was cheap. My closer or further away? Can't tell. Closer. Closer. Kyrie was cheap. Like for for the player that he is, Beal wasn't going to be that cheap. That's the thing. I think you you almost play, paid, uh, maybe not market, yes. He, you paid a depreciated amount, but not a significantly depreciated amount for the fact that you have him for two and a half months before you have to figure out an extension. They also got Markeith Morris, just for the record. <laughs> <laughs> So that's Kyrie. We'll see how it plays out. I think this is very fun. I don't know what bet we can make to try to figure out if I was literally just thinking that I was like, like how do James play under personal days, not with team? No, let's uh, just actually let's do this. Let's do a Mavericks playoff exit, which I know there's a lot of variables you, there. I don't know you directly correlate that to uh, you can Kyrie. somewhat like if. If it was a successful trade, it means that they went like uh, I 
don't so, know. Okay, let me, so let me ask you this then. So you're saying, let's say they make it to the Western Conference Finals and Kyrie walks. Is that a successful trade? Yeah. Does, you're you're okay saying, with that? So they have to win the championship this year for Kyrie to be successful or make it to the finals and he doesn't resign? If you're going to completely lose him as like you just you burn those assets and you're done. I think you yeah, you have to make the and I don't I don't think they're going to make the finals, but that's what I'm just saying is if you're going to give up that amount of assets and those and two real players that could have been put into a trade for somebody else, that's an opportunity cost loss there as well. Then you got to think this trade gets you at least a shot at the dance and I don't think it does. Listen, ultimately, what I think the Mavs should do, keep Kyrie, trade Luka, build around Kyrie. I think <laughs> I think they lose in the second round. No, I, like... They made it to the Western Conference Finals last year, and I don't think they do that again. The West being wide open just makes that really hard. Like, it, it plays in their favor, and also it's like anything could happen. I, I'm, I'm not going to bet that they make it to the West Finals. It's not what I... We'll figure this out later. So Ky- Kyrie <laughs> okay. to the Mavs. So that was uh, good 20 for minutes on that. <laughs> good for Kyrie. Uh, I think that was a great NBA discussion. Now let's, let's transition to fake trades that might happen before the NBA deadline, deadline which is Thursday. I just need to pull up like Is it noon NBA Pacific time or is it Thursday night? When is the no, trade it's deadline? Like, uh, it's like 2 p.m. on Thursday. So Central noon Pacific time. Like okay. So we have effectively thir- 20, 30 hours-ish until the uh, the NBA trade deadline goes through. Um, More like 38 hours, but that's fine. Listen, Kelsey has run 3,600 <laughs> routes. You're, sorry, you forgot to calculate <laughs> games uh, not started. So Andy Reid's coach Kyrie, how many games? Um, so... We both came up with two trades. We're going to throw them at each other and discuss. Um, Jesse, this was your idea, and you said you it had was. just some fire trades in the chamber. Like you're just ready, ready to <laughs> let them rip. Going to someone's going to hear this in a front office and go, "Whoa, got to pull the trigger." No, what this exercise taught me is that when you have a good team, it's actually kind of hard to make it better sometimes. Um, of your two trades, Jesse, be honest, how many of them, or all five of them, because you probably came up with five Bulls trades, and even though we only said two. Dude, I we can talk about the Bulls for a minute. I have no idea what the Bulls should do. I'm very, I'm very torn. Before we get to our fake trades, little Bulls talk. Zach Lowe talked about this one with, I think, Arnovitz on his podcast, The Low Post. And Arnovitz didn't think that the Lakers would take this and Zach wasn't sure the Bulls would take this. And it was Levine for Westbrook and their two picks and 27 and 29. What do you think about that? It's such a, like as a Bulls fan, it just kind of, you kind of makes you go like, okay, so we're worse now. And the players that are still left on the team won't be on the team anymore by the time. Like to me, if you're doing that, you tear, you're tearing the whole thing down. A hundred percent. You also are trading Vooch and DeMar 
and Caruso. Absolutely. So that is, that's, so it's not just a, hey, you know, you swap Levine for Westbrook and then let's see what this Bulls team looks like. Like to me, that is a, our team is the first domino. That's the thing is our team is what it is. Like we can't trade for a player and get better. Like there's no one out there that's going to turn the Bulls season around. I am a little confused how we haven't heard more Bulls chatter and how a trade already hasn't happened. I'm, I, I, I don't think understand. this front office feels, I mean, I don't know if it's stuck is the right word. I feel stuck as a fan, like looking at their situation. Cause you go, it's like you said, it's hard to think of who could you get that would be a good impactful player for this team. Cause it's, gosh, I just, I really don't know like no. who, like the Raptors the, are like three games back from us, and I would rather be a Raptors fan. The Pacers, three games back, I would rather be a Pacers fan. The Hawks, they're like two games ahead. I would rather be a Hawks fan. Like we are in this weird, like our team should be better. They're I not, would rather be a Hawks fan, but. I would rather cheer for Trey and Murray over DeMar and Zach. I think so. I guess here's my thing is I, I like this team. It's I What's so frustrating to me is that I just think this team should be better as is. Like, they think so too. It just doesn't make a ton of sense. It's how so like, these odd. guys are having good seasons. Demar's having a solid another season. It's not as good as last year, but still a very good season. Levine's come on a little bit. Vooch is a little bit one dimensional, but like plenty of teams have had one dimensional players on the team, and he's been good at his dimension. Like he's been an effective offensive center that rebounds the ball well. He isn't super selfish. Like He's been playing the, with the, the, the Vooch trade looking back. like um, Let's not talk about the assets no. we gave up. No, no. I'm here, no here, here, listen to me because I know what you're going to say. It's not about like, of course we lost that trade. Of course we did, right? It was We wouldn't do that over. We wouldn't do Wendell Carter and we wouldn't do for Franz Wagner and another. I, get, I hold feel on. like I've disagreed I with a little bit of those one for one things where like people no, say I, like, let me you wouldn't it. trade Wendell Carter straight up review session where I'm like, I don't know. I no, think because I still at do the that. time he was an all star the previous season. He's playing really well in Orlando. We have Even not right now. He, I think we I have not got the same Vooch, Jesse. No, we did no, not get the we have last year. We did not this season. We have. Well, I'm unfortunately, we got a MVP season from DeMar DeRozan. Zach Levine was playing well, and Vooch didn't show up. And now he is showing up. No, and Zach those Levine other played two, well until his knee got hurt. And those other two guys haven't. That's the problem, is maybe this team just is not meshing at the right time. It would be as if when we go out in golf and we're going head-to-head, in the first round, you shoot a 79, I shoot a 92. In the second round, I shoot an 81, and you shoot a 95. Like... It's, that would never happen. Well, it's happened. And I actually have witnessed in the last calendar year, a or a year and a half, maybe. Hey, hey, hey. Nope. You shut your Pe- mouth. We don't talk about people that. People have to know. We don't no no. They I don't think need to you know, should- you know. We don't talk about that day. Okay. Well we had a day. It was a bad day. It's a bad day. We don't talk about that day. It, it was a bad it was a bad day. It was a one oh three day. You're an asshole. <laughs> um it 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 just isn't working. And the Bulls how many times the, broke eighty, gents. How many? How many times? Uh, zero times. Oh, okay, that's fine. Yeah. Well, you're a year ahead of me, so admit <laughs> developmentally. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I don't know why you even you touched a hundred 
I hey, well, by the time shank, I was in your by the time I was at your stage at all, man, I'd already shot a seventy-five once or twice. Wow. Comparison kills. Comparison is a thief of joy. Let the everyone. community crumble. Let the community crumble. You brought up the one hundred three. I'm sorry. You, you there was no need for a rebuttal. Be be the bigger man here. Nah, you would never do that. It's fair enough. Nah. Well, let's move on to our fake traits. Talk about the little bulls. We're confused. Um, do you the, want me to give you your final first one? bulls thought? Is no. if I could see if no 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 I can't no, no, do this. On. I can't talk about it anymore. Let me just say, I would be intrigued if the Bulls could f- pick up like a Wiseman for Vucevic, like a, if, for Caruso. Now, I don't think Golden State. I don't think Vooch could play the Golden State style, but be a good fit. Maybe he could. Maybe he could. That'd be a good fit. If it was, if That's it was Caruso. Caruso and Vooch for, for Wiseman and, and Moody. Did Golden State say no? Oh, Caruso and I think they Vooch. probably value Kaminga more than that. What if we did? Um, what if we did uh, Moody and Kaminga, and they keep Wiseman? Which Wiseman's the player they want to trade? Wiseman's the one that they just don't have a spot for at all. Yeah. Yeah. I I actually think that's a very interesting trade. Is that your first one? We'll say that's my first one. Okay. So you're going, let's let's run it through the the, uh, the trade machine. Because um, the money's not going to work out. So they have to no, give up. No, it is. Actually, Wiseman for Caruso straight up would. If you, try, if you tried to bring in Vooch, then that would probably get a little tricky. But uh, do I don't have, think... Are you doing it right now? No, you go ahead and do it because dead space while we click through the NBA trade machine is not exceptional podcast content. Uh, so I would just say, I think it's, I think it'd be interesting to see what Wiseman could do in a different organization that doesn't need the kind of read and react like quick twitch. Now it's a little indicting, indicting to say like, Hey, your player doesn't seem to have the basketball IQ to come play for your system. Come play for ours. It's like, well, why don't you guys play a better system that requires higher, like higher IQ players? Uh, he but, just, yeah, I've heard analysis on him. He just thinks too much, right? So maybe you put him in a bad team think, where he can just play and he's not thinking about it because like you're trying to fit into a very specific system. That's hard. I don't know if this was for sure true, but I think Wiseman hasn't even played 60 games yet in his NBA career. Right. So you want to do Wiseman and Moody for Caruso and Vucevic, yeah, the money's not even close. I mean, I think we're, that we're, would be the ideal outcome for about the 20, Bulls. We're about $20 million off. But Wiseman for Caruso straight up works. I think yes. they both make like just under $9 million, Which, like, right at $9 million. Low-key, I'm like, get Caruso to a team that like has a chance. Like, I love Caruso, but I want him to play for a contender. Like, I don't... I think that's how much I love him. So I'm going to get rid of... Uh, yep, the money is almost exact. Yeah. Yep. So they could do that. I bet you they both say the other team needs to put a pick in there. That trade is probably not happening. But it would be interesting on the Bulls' perspective. Yep. Jensen, what is your first fake trade? So my first fake trade, and before we jump into that, LeBron's eight points away for the people. Oh, duly noted. Uh, my first fake trade involves the. We'll go with my less exciting one: the Heat and the Portland Trailblazers. 
Okay. Okay. Um, I am sending to the Miami Heat Jeremy Grant, who makes $20 million a year. Okay. The Trailblazers are receiving Duncan Robinson, overpaid $60 million a year. So he's moved as the contract. Victor Oladipo yep. makes $8 million. So that's at 25. But they're still they're they're their cap room stays about the same. They're both like under the cap, but it stays the same for whatever it's worth. Okay. They're they're both at um they're twenty six million dollars under. And I think the Miami Heat have to throw in a pick for this. Oh, I I I'm still not even sure that Portland even like gives them the time of day on this. So my whole thought here is that Portland has fallen to the eleven seed, and okay. and and uh, Nurkic is hurt, and so I'm yep. wondering like they're looking at the West, which is very good, and they're thinking like, is this our year? We have Shannon Sharp, who's a young guy that can be really well. I know Jeremy Grant's also very young, but they throw in a twenty four first. So, so Heat send Duncan Robinson, Oladipo. Um, Oladipo and a twenty-four and first a pick for Jeremy for Grant. Jeremy Grant. I, I guess, and so your argument for on, I think the Heat probably do would do that. I mean, that's a nice piece for them. They don't really have a lot of big wings like that. They probably need a point guard more. Um, but you're saying because of Lowry's like injury history he's just been he's been injured he's been injured most of the year and when he has played he's just not been good yeah so they need someone more reliable to run point for him so Dude, how many picks would they have to give up to get Lillard no I I just don't think I mean I don't think Portland does that I mean Duncan Robinson's a completely so depreciated asset one thing to note is that Jeremy, Oladipo doesn't play one thing to note is Jeremy Grantson one year deal and he's got one year left no, this is this is one a, year past the year. Oh, this is this, this is Jeremy. He just Grant's signed a last year? he just signed sure? a one year deal. One year, yeah. So Miami is it's a rental for Miami, uh-huh. and it's four years left in Robinson. That's kind of where it sucks for Portland, and then Oladipo is two years. Is he has one more year left? Yeah, I just don't know how helpful that is to. Portland, yeah. To Portland, like now they just have a bad contract, a draft pick. You may have to throw another pick if you're Miami. They have two bad contracts because Oladipo doesn't play this. They have two bad contracts and a couple picks for a rental of Jeremy Grant. But I mean, maybe for just being half a season, they'd take a first rounder. That if they're gonna say that they they're not trying this year, but I just think they're gonna try. That's it's not it's not bad. It's creative. I like it. Yeah. It's something. Yeah, that's our first one. So the team that I started out trying to <clears throat> figure something out for was Cleveland. I wanted to try mm. and figure out how to get Cleveland a better player. Uh, the challenge there, they traded a lot of their draft assets for the uh, Donovan Mitchell trade. Six points. Uh, so they're not, uh, they're not working with a ton. Right. Uh, what do you think needs to be upgraded in Cleveland? 
So when you look at their starting five, there's one kind of glaring hole, and it's in the that small forward position. Darius Garland, point guard, awesome. Donovan Mitchell, shooting guard, awesome. Evan Mobley, getting there, but very good. Uh, lot of we like we like Evan Mobley. We're big Jared fans. Allen, very good. And then that three spot for them is Karis just Levert. a bit of a black hole. It's Karis LeVert. It's Jenny Osmond. It's right. Isaac Okoro. Like it's right. just kind of a, a rotating cast of undesirable characters. Uh, I accidentally refreshed the link and I lost the exact setup I had, but mm. I was trying to, I was looking at getting like trying to get an Ananobi down there for him, but I don't think they have the assets to get an Ananobi. Um, I thought about Jeremy Grant for them as well. Okay. Um, and I still think I was also someone, playing so, around with uh, Ananobi. I was trying to figure out where he goes. Anyways, tough. I think the teams that could give Toronto enough, we can talk about anybody next. Let's say so. I don't think they have enough to get Ananobi for this Cavs, but I think they go Kyle Kuzma to the Cavs. Oh, oh. In exchange, Kyle Kuzma is on a good contract, and I think it's, I don't, I think there's one more year, but I couldn't quite tell if it was a player option or if it's mm. a team option. Take a look. So I, I'm, I'm pretty sure he's got one more year. Look that up for me while I'm looking at it. But, and, the Cavs have one less or one left. One, oh my gosh. It, so, it sounds like he has two years left, including this year. Okay. So it looks like he has this year and then one more year at another good price. So I would say the Cavs send their 2024 first round pick, which is the last draft pick I think they can trade for the next decade. Um, and maybe throw a second in there for. Karis Levert and Isaac Okoro to the Wizards. That was, I think, the best I could do. Yep. I think people like Isaac Okoro. That's what I'm saying. I feel like Okoro's a name that he he maybe is a young guy that hasn't developed yet, but it could be something for the Wizards with a pick. And then Kuzma's a really clear, good defender, good shooter, experience in the playoffs. What do you think of that? Who says no? So it's just to clarify, it's <clears throat> Kuzma. And is, that's it. Is there another player coming from the wizard? Is there something to make the money I think work? You have, <clears throat> I think you have to throw one other salary filler to match Levert's salary. Okay. So let's say Kuzma and a, uh, you know, salary throw. Let me rebuild it here. Whoever again. it may be. And you're giving up a Kuro, a Kuro, you're giving up Levert. Uh, and then you're giving up a first. Um, so my que- my question would be like, how in or maybe yeah, maybe you don't even I don't know I'm not sure you could do it with a core and Levert. Who do you think is more valuable? Would you rather have a core or would you rather have Levert? I think I have to get rid of Levert. I think he's more detrimental. Levert's to an the expiring team. contract, so I also think the fit season. is not great. Like he's a scorer, and they have scores. Like I like not. I, I, you know, Donovan Mitchell, of course, is a scorer. Jared Allen and Mobley can score the ball for sure. The more defensive, but they're they have some offensive games. Mobley more than Allen. Garland is actually probably one of your more truer pass first point guards in the NBA, but also can score the basketball. So Levert, in theory, if he was more efficient, could be a really good fit on the Cavs. But he's not efficient, and he takes a lot of shots. Right. 
So I wonder if Kuzma going there, like how much of a impact is it in regards to the difference between him and Levert? Like, I don't know if there's enough of a jump. Does that make sense? I think the way Kuzma contributes to the team is in a much more fitting way with that. Like, I don't think Levert is comfortable being that roaming shooter and slasher. I think he's, he really only seems to look effective when he's got the ball in his hands. And that's just not what the Cavs need. Mm. And like you said, when he's, he's not, he's kind of like a mid range. He tries to be a mid range guy, but he's not very efficient at it. He's not an elite finisher, but that kind of seems to be when he has his good games, he's kind of attacking and it's going down for him that night. I think Kuzma's profile is a pretty significant step up to what that, and for what it's worth money wise, you could make it work. Uh, if you did Levert and Okoro for Barton and Kuzma, no Barton's but, a real player. Is Barton an asset? But Barton's on. A, he was a real player last, last year. year. Deal. Yeah, which again, the Wizards aren't going anywhere. He's so been below average. All these teams have to PBR. figure out how much they can get for the the players when the team's not going anywhere, right? So the Wizards are like, hey, if we trade away Kuzma, who's young on a good contract, so there's value of keeping him, but they're not doing anything. Barton makes a ton of sense to go. But if they just get a first and they get Levert back, <clears throat> yeah, I don't, I don't hate it. I don't know. Who, I don't. To be honest, I don't know who says yes or no. <laughs> like I don't know. <laughs> I don't. Know. I guess I don't put believe. yourself in like in the Wizards' position. Like I, I think it's because it's the Cavs are getting the player upgrade, and the money is pretty much equal. Most of the money from the Cavs is coming off the books. So like the big money from the Cavs comes off the books end of this year. You're losing the Levert contract. And so then you're just saying you've got an extra year of a Coro to evaluate and then the Cavs are getting the player upgrade. So is the first round pick enough of a kicker to basically say we'll get, we'll get a look at a Coro, we'll get a first round pick and the money is pretty much a wash at the end of the year. And you said 24. So you know yeah, they're going to be good. So it's next year. It's going to be good. So it's not going to be a really I would pick, but it's just maybe more intrigued in like a twenty-five or twenty-six. Well, it's they, they can't have them. They all went to they all went to Utah. I, the pick swap I saw in twenty-six. I didn't see the twenty-five one. Twenty-five hmm. is Utah. Utah holds the right to swap in twenty-six. Uh, okay, so um, they can't. So the, it would either be twenty. No, oh no. With the rights to swap, maybe they couldn't. Twenty-seven, twenty-eight. All, the, all of their picks from twenty-five to twenty-nine are either direct trades or swap rights, so yeah. they can't trade any so of those five years of picks. Yeah, interesting. Okay, so and it's just kind of a thing. Like Danny Angels, and so I smart. bet you, I bet you, the Wizards get a better offer for Kuzma potentially. Yeah. So I don't know if that one goes, but I was just, I wanted to upgrade that small forward yeah. spot for the Cavs. I do think that you're in the right thought or in the right, right lane with Kuzma going to a team that just needs to upgrade, not difference maker. Like Kuzma to the Lakers doesn't make sense. He's not enough of a difference for them to no, give up he, he doesn't. Kuzma to I think the Kuzma Nets becoming the fourth sense. or fifth best player on the Cavs. They're a, they're a proper Eastern contender. Right. Whereas he doesn't make that same elevation to the Lakers. You're totally right. Like Kuzma to Denver could be like could be a great fit where he's made like the like maybe the third fourth like probably the fourth guy there. So I I agree with your evaluation of what Kuzma can bring to a team. I think the Cavs is the right kind of fit. I like that. What's your next one, Jens? We'll my do next, one more each. My next one, I'm kind of excited about it. 
I think it could be cool. So it involves the Hornets and the Suns. The Hornets are sending Terry Rozier to the Suns. And the Suns are sending Jay Crowder, who's not playing for them, and he's a $10 million expiring. Ladies and gentlemen, four points for LeBron James to break the scoring record. Four points away. With uh, 14 minutes of game time left. I do believe he's going to get it here. And what a bummer if he didn't. So I am sending Rozier to the Suns. <laughs> he just goes 0 for 8 for the rest Dude, of the it would be It would be such a bummer. And we would all think it's intentional, right? Oh, it's amazing. Um, okay, so Rozier to the Hornets. Or sorry, Rozier to the Suns yep. from the Hornets. Jay Crowder going back. Going to the Hornets. Uh, expiring contract, 10 years. Cam Johnson also expiring. Last year of his rookie deal, $5 million. Torrey Craig also expiring. Five million. So uh Terry is making twenty one million. So the money lines up almost exactly. Okay. And so you're not you're giving Jay Carter is not playing. <laughs> side note, they just flashed to LeBron's kids on the sideline watching the game and one of them just was like massively yawning. It was pretty funny. I saw that. Uh Jay Carter's not <laughs> playing. Craig's a role player. Cam's more legit, right? But what you're getting in Rosier is an upgrade at the point guard position. It was the Chris Paul who is not healthy with a campaign who is flashy and also not healthy. So it's just a massive boost to the backcourt and you're giving up some sort of pick probably because you uh, think the Suns are giving up a pick. Yeah. I think the Suns are giving up a pick. I think they would have to. Oh, that's, that's steep. I don't know about that. I, I Rozier is 21, four and four. So he's a scorer. He's putting up good stats. He's a one dimensional player. So he doesn't bring anything on the defensive end. The thought um, was there is that like you have Booker who's a scorer. Mikel Bridges defensive and can score. Aiton defensive and can score. So like it's just the Chris Paul thing. Like when they went to the finals and he was hurt, campaign was their was their like th- third option, right? They need an upgrade. And now Mikel Bridges is taking a step. I think Terry Rogier can just be somewhere that you bring him off the bench. Or you do like a small backcourt. He's not great defensively. I get that. But based on the Hornets being bad and getting a pick in return and sending a bunch of money and also like getting rid of Crowder for something, you have to get rid of Crowder for something. He's not playing any basketball. And maybe they'll work it out, but he's yeah, also I just really don't old. Know if the, <clears throat> I agree that they need to move him, but I just don't know if a, moving him to a team like Charlotte does anything. For who? It's, what do you mean? For Charlotte, like, why is Charlotte? They're getting a what's pick the upside back. for? They're, get, guess, they're getting a pick. Like Charlotte's bad, and they have Lamelo and Rozier is. Well, that's a longer deal. I think. I just. I think the Suns would see that as too much. But if you're I, if you're uh, losing Tory Craig, it's, I don't feel like that's like you. Like, that's replaceable minutes, in my opinion. Sure. Yeah. I think Cam, the bigger pieces would be the Cam the Cam Johnson piece. So we did this straight up. Um, Let's say Cam is enough for, for Charlotte to just get off Rogier, open up for Lamelo, and they get Cam Johnson. Like who says no, just no picks involved. Swapping Cam Johnson. I'm swapping Cam for Rozier. If the yeah, let's say if the money worked, would you take Cam Johnson for Rozier? Yeah. Um 
for their team, they have Mikel Bridges, they have Booker, they have Aiton. Right, but that wing spot's actually a spot they need. That's why the the Jay Crowder part's been such an issue is because yeah, I guess I am giving up two small that forward wing position. I am giving oh, up. Hold up. Is LeBron about to break the record? You might be ahead of me a little bit here. Two points. ISOing passes out of it. Oh, not this possession. Oh, there we go. Maybe next one. There he is. Oh, spoiler alert. I don't know how far behind oh. are you? Uh, LeBron. 30 seconds. Ladies and gentlemen, LeBron James in real time has just broken the all-time regular season scoring record in the NBA with 38,388 points to surpass Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Let's give it up for the second greatest player of all time. It, it's it's pretty incredible. It's a it's quite the accomplishment. Uh, there's no two ways about it. Uh, it's a it was one of those numbers that seemed pretty unreachable, and the level that LeBron has played at for 20 NBA seasons is absolutely remarkable. Shout out LeBron! They are pausing the game. There is cameras yeah. on the court. The family's out yeah. there. It's as if the game is over. This is incredible. Like that's super weird. I can't. Bl- Who is that white woman who just kissed? Oh, that's his wife. Never mind. <laughs> Shots are from behind. Her <laughs> shoot blonde hair. I was like, "Is that Genie Bus? What's going on?" <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Too funny. There it is. A little fade away. A little. Jordan fadeaway, if you will. A little Jordan-esque. It lo- actually, we looked more like Dirk, but that's that's all right. What are you gonna do? Wow. So what's gonna happen? Wow, Rich Paul is small. That's a small man. I didn't realize <laughs> that. Rich Paul is tiny. So what's gonna happen in this game when the Lakers lose? Nothing? Doesn't matter. No. Okay. The the right people have been celebrated. Okay. Great. Um, have we both done two or do you have one more? I think, uh, I, I had the, I had my bulls one that I didn't know was going to be one. Sure. And then, but I think my, my next one, if I was going to suggest one as this, as this podcast is limping to the finish line, <laughs> as we watch LeBron, <laughs> everyone's title. Every- that was riveting contact. I'm going to, I'm going to edit most of that. No, out. no, that um, was good. We're all watching the game live. It's great. That was a great shot. Um, I, I just, I feel I'm weirdly determined to just like get Bradley Beal into a new situation. He doesn't mm. seem that com- determined to get Bradley Beal himself seems into lethargic. a different situation. He just kind of seems content to just make $50 million a year and kind of play basketball for the Washington Wizards. But all that to say, send Russ and the two picks to the Wizards, send Beal to the Do Lakers. Do you think it need both? Call today. Uh,. Yes, because of how much. The only thing I say that is like I know they're swapping I'd, I'd, money, but like that's a big yeah, contract. Say, you're taking you're taking one really awful contract and taking another. Everybody talks about the Beal being Better one of the contract. worst contracts in the league. It's like it's it's big, but he's not like he's Ben Simmons and he like he functionally can't play on a basketball court. Like he's he's a ve- like when he is healthy and playing, he's a good stats, bad team top guy? 20 player. Good stats, bad nah. team guy. Uh, we don't know. I don't think here's the thing is I don't, he's a, I don't think he's a, I don't think he's a number one. 
Yeah. I don't think he can be the lead guy in a truly elite team, but I think he's a great two slash three, and that's what he'd be on the Lakers. I like is he overpaid for that position? Sure, but it's the Lakers. What do they care? Yeah. I've heard that one. I'm not mad at it. Um I think it makes a ton of sense for the Lakers to get rid of. I think that was just picks, makes the Lakers system the Lakers season the most interesting potentially. Yep, totally. Uh, we're going to end the podcast here because in the middle of the third quarter, it has not ended. The game has stopped. The commissioner is in the middle of the court talk with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar <laughs> and LeBron James, and he's handing him the game basketball. Um, this is incredible. This is a moment this in is, sports. Uh, Actually, social media culture on full full display. I, I can't Instead b- of just letting an achievement happen, you have to make it a gigantic moment out of it. Big achievement, granted, but this is actually kind of peculiar that they're stopping the whole game. Wow. LeBron's now waving more people onto the court. They're, they're Now they're taking pictures. I can't believe it. Um, but wait, hey, we're super excited for the Super Bowl. Uh, trade deadlines right. this week. Um, we'll see what happens there. Uh, we're going to come at you maybe not next week. We'll see. I'll be in Mexico, got to be honest. So either I'll bring the pot, I'll bring the, uh, the microphone and I'll be recording in Cabo or Let's go. a little going abroad, yeah, a little yeah, Southern yeah. flavor, a little sunshine edition. Let's make it happen. I'll pack, I I'll pack it. the new mic. Uh, Jesse, any final words for the people? No, man, looking forward to the Super Bowl. I think it's gonna be a great game. I hope it's a great, a fun game. That's back and forth. I hope Mahomes stays healthy the whole game and we just get to see a, a good fight. Um, so looking forward to it. Should be a blast. We'll, uh, figure out some uh, some ways to make it a little extra interesting if you know what I mean and uh, we will talk to y'all next week go Chiefs Thanks for listening see you guys